Hello, world. How are you doing? And I say world because, uh, well, first off, I'm back with my wife, Jenna. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for that. Did you have a good day at work today? <laughs> Maybe they don't all work. A lot of people are entrepreneurs out no, there. No, I was asking you. Oh, did I? I did have a inside day at work today. It was cold, nine degrees out here in Chicago in the hinterlands, but I did work inside today. So I say world because check it out, my U.S. listenership has dropped a tad to 69%. And I would play the Bill and Ted's 69, but I don't, I'm not that advanced yet. The United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia are at 4%. Someday I hope to make it back to Australia. So if that's you and you want to, send me a note at russ at dapperdividends.com or hit me up on Twitter at RustyRam78. I'd love to know where in Australia you are. I was to Perth, Western Australia, when I was in the U.S. Navy back in, way back in 1998. And kind of funny, males are at 83%, and we've got 12% females. females. So I was reading non-binary. <laughs> so that's interesting. This is usually a male thing. So uh, anyway, what I wanted to bring my wife down here. She was telling me something that I thought was interesting that, you know, investing is male oriented a lot. So we don't pay attention to a lot of trends and things going on. So where were you? You were at Walmart, you were doing shopping at Walmart. And what happened? Was it something with the Walmartians? What was going on with Walmart there? No, I actually have not been to Walmart. Um, the only reason why I shop at Walmart is because they have the pickup on their app. So I pick the stuff I need, you know, the groceries. And I mean, they'll pick other things like snow shovels, even if you want. But then you pick a time and they didn't have any openings for four days. So it does me no good for my grocery shopping to wait four days for an order to drive over there to pick it up. Why has it been four days? Do you know any reason why? Well, I checked other Walmarts that are nearby. They're a little bit further, but if I was able to get it sooner, I'm willing to drive. So I checked four other Walmarts again, which are a further drive away. Um, but they, the closest one was still almost, almost three days out was the closest one. And it never and, used to be like that, right? No, it used to be the next day. So all I can figure is that, um, maybe nobody's working. Um, <laughs> the labor shortage. Yeah. There's a labor shortage or what? But Everybody's uh, out with the COVID. Yeah. I don't know. Or nobody wants to work. Um, at Walmart. But uh, so I decided not to place an order for Walmart. Now, now it's two weeks in a row. Um, so I ventured over to Meyer and did my shopping Meyer. myself. And that was a terrible experience. I actually did not enjoy going to Meyer at all. First of all, I was unfamiliar with the place, but that's neither here nor there. You could figure it out. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the milk is probably under that huge sign that says dairy. Um, but Meyer owns itself. I was just looking up. I wanted to know <clears throat> who owned Meyer. Oh, and I had to navigate away from my lofty.ai. It's my, I haven't talked about it with you yet, but I go to lofty.ai, check it out. It's basically like how you would invest in a company, but this isn't a plug. This is not a plug or anything. It's just fractional ownership of real estate that's better than Fundrise because you can get in and out quicker and everything is run and uh, kept on the Algorand blockchain, which 
I think is a cool use for it. And there's some properties here and it's only in the Midwest. There's like Cincinnati, Chicago, uh, Detroit, St. Louis, some of these Midwestern cities, 50 bucks. You can check out. It's really detailed. So don't take my word over this silly podcast. Check it out for yourself. I like it. And she's uh, eh, indifferent to it. But anyway, so before I cut you off and said Meyer is owned by Meyer. They are not a subsidiary like I tell you, Jewel. I love Jewel Osco around here. And they're owned by Albertsons, ticker A-C-I. So anyway, you went to Meyer and that was better. Yeah, yeah so no. uh, two weeks now without Walmart. So first week instead of Walmart, I ventured over to Meyer, which takes forever to get out of there. It was not a good experience. So I decided not to do that again. So I took my shopping. Um, you know, the bulk of it is at Aldi, but then the rest of it, which Aldi. I would have given my money to um I would have given my money to Walmart two weeks in a row. Instead of doing that, I split up my Walmart into other stores. The first week, Meyer. The second week, I split it between Aldi and Target. Now, Target's a little bit more expensive. If you notice, if you've ever been in a Target versus a Walmart, one seems to be catering to a fancier sort of shopper. Therefore, the prices Target. are higher. But I was willing to spend a little bit more to have a nicer experience inside since I didn't have anyone to pick my stuff for me. Oh, and Target does have pickup. Not mm. only do they have pickup, they have a two hour pickup. So instead of me waiting three days for Walmart, I place an uh, order on my app for Target. And in two hours, they said it was ready and I would drive up and pick it up. So that was much so, nicer. Yeah. So Target, Meyer, and all these siphoned dollars away from Walmart. And I see that's very cool. Like famous investor Peter Lynch, that's what he would always say is you do boots on the ground. Check out what you're buying and using, what your friends, what you see around the neighborhood. I should have did that with Tesla. Uh, we won't get it. You know about my Tesla story. And we should have done that. But check out this segue. Speaking of these companies responding and doing things in real time. So I had just was reading about this, that Amazon is opening its first physical clothing store, and that's going to be in Los Angeles coming soon. And I yeah. think it's- Did you hear that they're actually not selling Amazon branded clothes? They're supposedly using uh, fashion curators in- instead of their normal brands. But the cool thing, they're going to, they have an app that's going to let you choose an item, like its size or its color, and it will f- be sent directly to a fitting room or a pickup counter. So you'd use your app to get into the fitting room, and then all the clothes that you wanted to try on will just be, <laughs> be in there. And they're going to utilize their Amazon, uh, I guess, proprietary sorting technology which I think is really cool and that's really interesting. Uh, a lot of luxury and high-end brands don't list with Amazon, but in you know- the stores they will, like Oscar de la Renta is supposed to be there. Yeah, so I don't know. What is your opinion on that? Would that interest you, touching an app and the clothes magically show up in a, in a dressing room? In the fitting room. No, because I've become accustomed to ordering stuff on Amazon, having somebody bring it to me. I could try it out in my own home. <laughs> And then if I don't like it, I could send it back, which I might have to go to a UPS store, but I can try it out in my own home without all that high powered fluorescent lighting. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. Real world opinion. So 
we thank you for sharing your opinion. Hey, you know what? It's the end of the day here, and we were just finishing up eating. Kids had volleyball and homework and all kinds of activities. So, um, yeah, busy, right? Mm-hmm. So, volleyball game tonight with the kids. Just made a uh, choose fi chicken shawarma for dinner. <laughs> Uh, I I tell you, if you don't listen to Choose FI, listen, check them out. Good show. We enjoy it. It was about $2 per serving to make chicken shawarma. It's pretty delicious. I love it. I'm not any, um, I'm, I'm Irish and Italian, so chicken shawarma was out of my realm of, you know, something that I was brought up on, but I think I do a pretty good job. It's our second time making it and eating it. Oh, it's fantastic. And I'm more of a... Uh, live to eat type of person no eat to live i eat to live i don't really care there's times i'll eat cold noodles out of a pot just because i got stocks to look up and things that are more important to me so just hey what's the bare minimum that i need to put in my body so i don't die and i stay you know well it's not that extreme well and i eat because it tastes good (laughs) and what i also love is dividend stocks so we're going to look right now at Warren Buffett's Big Warren B, the Oracle of Omaha. And I wanted to run through a few companies of his that he owns in his portfolio. And are you staying or are you going? Oh, if you need no, me, you I will go. stay. Go, I'm you really got stuff to do. I'm happy to tell you all about Warren Buffett's dividend portfolio, but I think Russ would have a better handle on it than I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, goodbye. We'll see you later. Anyway, so... I think we're alone now, alone now. I do like watching you leave. Hey, now. So anyway, yeah, Warren Buffett, man, probably needs no introduction if you're listening to this Arachia podcast. And what I want to tell you about is, sound like I'm getting ready to do an ad read. There's no ad reads. Maybe someday get a few extra bucks. But right now it's just you and I, you and I. What we're going to do is look at if these companies are undervalued. Oh, by the way, head to DapperDividends.com there. That'll be a little plug, my own plug. Uh, I got some articles, some of the content I do cross-pollinate between the podcast, between the YouTube channel and the website. But I did an article on some dividend companies that I think may be on sale, five of them. And this is kind of in the same vein but a little different flair to it. And these are going to be companies that have a current dividend yield that is, I would say, (laughs) substantially higher than their five-year average. So we're going to look at that. We're not going to say so, so much because we're going to let the brain slow down and we're going to think what we're going to say before we speak. And give dramatic pauses. And without further ado, let's look at some companies. (laughs) I can't do that voice. That's the NPR. This is the NPR Midday Forum. I'm your host, Russ. And we're going to look at some Warren Buffett dividend stocks. Yeah, buddy. Yee-yee. What is yee-yee? I'm seeing this on people's 
windshields or on their cars. Ye, ye, crazy. That's what I think. First up, oh, and again, yeah, so this is, I told you that, right? Dividend yield is higher than the five-year average, which is, I'm thinking, maybe a little bit interesting. So we're going to go through several companies that Big Warren B owns. First up is SiriusXM, ticker S-I-R-I. They are the satellite radio services on a subscription fee company. Their current dividend yield of 1.45% is about 78% above its five-year average, and they are growing that dividend quickly. 50% growth in October. They raised that 50%. The PE ratio is 19.2, which is below their five-year average. Now, I don't own SiriusXM. I don't think I would because I had them once upon a time and they do have really cool shows. There's just so so much variety and choice out there between the podcasts and Spotify and YouTube. I can't see paying for it. My new work truck has it. It's for free. I don't know how long it came with it. So that's interesting that Warren still continues to hold SiriusXM. Next is a company I do hold and I really should buy more of because simplysafedividends.com, check them out. It has a score of 99, which is the highest rating. It's a very safe dividend. Their current dividend yield of 3.42% is 13% above their five-year average, which I love Merck. The, they have about an average dividend growth rate. They raised it 6.2% in November of 2021. The PE is 11.7, which is below their five-year average. And the dividend, I think I told you, is 13%. Confusing myself here. I love Merck. Need to buy more of them. I do believe they have Keytruda, which we talked about coming up on the patent cliff later this decade. So that's something that may put a dent in their revenue. But overall... They're going to acquire a company and keep that pipeline growing and flowing. Who do we got next? Next up, ticker USB. If you want, you know, these are all Warren stocks that he holds right now. I always say take these with a grain of salt because when we hear that Ray Dalio or, you know, uh, Bridgewater, they bought this or Berkshire bought that or sold that, that's just a snapshot from the day that they had to report that information to the SEC. And I think it's any fund that has over $100 million in assets under management, they have to report to the SEC. I believe that number's right. And that's just a snapshot from that day. So if they, just for sake of argument, showed that to the SEC on Monday, on Tuesday, they could have blown out of half of those positions. And then weeks later, us schlubs get this information and we think, holy cow, look at what they own or what they bought. So yeah, for a better actually. So they could have bought a, a stock on Monday, disclosed that snapshot to the SEC on Tuesday and then blown out of that stock on Wednesday if they achieved whatever they needed, needed to achieve. And we don't know until the next quarter when they release. So always take these with a grain of salt. And I always like to say, use these for ideas just to see that there's probably where there's smoke, there's probably fire, me meaning in a good way that if these these hedge funds 
and these investment firms are buying these companies, probably could take a good look into it. So U.S. Bank Corp, ticker USB, they are the financial services holding company. Their current dividend yield of 3.23% is uh, 13% above their five-year average as well, just like Merck. The P.E. ratio is 12.8%, which is in line with the five-year average. The dividend, they raised it 9.5% in July of 2021, which was pretty darn close. Very interesting for a financial company that uh, good solid you know, dividend. I think they always have a lot of debt, so we'll keep our eye on those. I don't really know much, honestly, about U.S. Bank Corp. I'm not an investor. And that's that, 3.23% yield. Next is a company that I have thought about investing and I'm close to it, but I don't necessarily know if I want any more healthcare right now. I have, I have Merck, I have AbbVie, Johnson & Johnson, and another company that not a lot of people have is Gilead, ticker G-I-L-D. Bristol Myers Squibb, ticker BMY. Again, just like Merck, they're a mega, mega healthcare company, pharmaceutical company. They have, I think they had the most drugs facing the patent cliff coming up in the 2020s here. That's going to be interesting to watch them navigate that. Their current dividend yield is 3.34%. That is 12% above the five-year dividend yield average for Bristol-Myers Squibb. They raised that dividend 10% in December of 2021, which is very healthy and nice. And their PE is only 8.3, which is uh, below the five-year average. A, a fun way of like look, a like fun way of looking at PEs, and I'm sure you've heard me say this before, is when you see PE for Bristol Myers Squibb right now of 8.3, that means you are paying $8.30 for every $1 of income that Bristol-Myers Squibb is making. So that's the PE, the price to earnings, right? So you're paying $8.30 for every $1 of earnings for Bristol-Myers Squibb, which is why you can think it was nutty with companies like, uh, like Tesla. Here, I'll Google them real quick. Let's look at what Tesla's current PE is. And Tesla's current PE is 323.29. So buying Tesla at $996, you're paying $323.29 for every $1 of Tesla's earnings. And that just seems crazy to me. But what do I know? I listened to the experts and dumped, dumped Tesla. And with Bristol-Myers, Simply Save Dividends gives them a safety score of 79 out of 99, which is safe. Good uh, good company, but I just don't know if I want that much more healthcare yet. One more from big old Warren that may be undervalued is Visa, ticker V in the info technology. We all know Visa, the payment technology platform credit cards, and they have a small itty bitty teeny tiny dividend yield of 0.70%, but that is 11% above their five-year average. Their PE kind of up there, 
0.5. Well, I say up there, but compared to themselves, that's about average with their five-year average. It's in line. Their dividend, again, 99, very safe. They're going to be able to pay that dividend, but it's so small. It just, it really turns me off as a dividend growth investor. They did, however, increase that dividend 17% in October of 2021, which is good. That's pretty big. But again, it's just like Apple, such a small yield like Microsoft, these small yields. But speaking of Microsoft, we saw what they just did, right? They just uh, acquired Activision Blizzard, which is really cool. It's going to make them probably one of the biggest uh, mobile gaming companies, one of the top three gaming companies, I think, behind Tencent and Sony. It's going to be a play for Microsoft to get into the metaverse. The metaverse is really booming, or it's going to be, it's supposed to be booming. I still haven't fully wrapped my head around it, where I know there's brands like, uh, who was I reading? Oh, Walmart. Walmart is going to be getting into the metaverse space by making NFTs with all kinds of stuff from clothing to personal care, like beauty items. That's that's hard for me to wrap my head around, but it's coming, people. That is coming and coming. I, sometimes if you notice, I don't use Gs. That is coming. So, so as well as Visa, they're going to have a part in all of this with DeFi, somehow they're big enough. They're not going to be rolled over by some of these uh, decentralized finance technologies that are popping up like a uh, Ripple or a Stellar Lumens. Those are a couple interesting ones. Ethereum, we'll see how they work with that. And as far as Walmart, uh, Gap, I know, is creating stuff. Nike is creating uh, digital clothing, NFTs. It's It's really something to behold. So that's Visa for you. Next is Store Capital, ticker S-T-O-R. I've heard a lot of people wanted to know about Store Capital. And they're a REIT, which, as we know, REITs have to pay out 90% of their earnings, of their taxable income, as a dividend. So they're a pass-through entity, and that helps to, in order for them to keep that, designation, then we're the ones that are paying the taxes. That's why REIT dividends are not qualified because they're just passing it through. So a lot of other companies that we have a qualified dividend and it's kind of taxed twice. It's taxed at the corporate level and then it's taxed at our personal level if we don't hold those dividends inside of a, a tax advantaged account like a Roth or something like that. So store capital, I haven't dug into them. I've I've promised a few people I I will maybe this weekend. I had a actually the video what we're talking about now, I'm probably going to use this for my video on the weekend coming up. Store Capital, give me a chance to just say a few things about them and dig in. But just on the surface, 4.96% dividend yield and their dividend is 9% above their five-year average, which is just, you know, it's a good amount. Uh, the dividend is, Simply Safe Dividends gives them a 70 rating. So they call it safe, not very safe like Visa. 6.9% dividend growth in September of 2020. 
21. And the PE ratio of 14.6 is in line with the five-year average. REITs, again, I'm holding those except for one just because I've been lazy and I haven't moved it. And I, I, this is the problem. I'd pay a big capital gains tax on Simon Property Group, ticker SPG. They are the uh, like upscale mall company. But I hold Realty Income and STAG, uh, S-T-A-G. They are in the industrial space. I hold those inside of retirement accounts. So just because then those dividends, I don't have to pay the taxes on them. So it's kind of a little bit of a cheat code. So store capital, the dividend again, 9% above their five-year average and almost pushing 5%. And the PE, I think we covered, is in line with the five-year average. And one more that I like, actually, we'll do two more. Let's do two more because they're just they're just barely. We'll, we'll keep this under 30 minutes. But Verizon, ticker VZ, you've heard me talk about Verizon a lot. Their dividend is currently... 8% above their five-year average. The yield right now is 4.79%. They're not going anywhere. They have a rating of an 87, which is a very safe dividend, but it's very slow growth. Only 2% dividend increase in September of 2021. And the PE is 10.0. So we're paying only $10 for every $1 of Verizon's earnings which I'm going to keep buying them. I know there's some shenanigans going on with the 5G rollout. I mean, you know, come on, Comcast and the others don't have anything to do with that, right? No, Nobody else has had issues with the planes anywhere in the planet just here in the U.S. So <laughs> ridiculous. And I like that yield. I'm excited about it, 4.79. And I may just, I may buy more Merck and, uh, Verizon tomorrow. If I have money left over, which I haven't checked, I'm buying my 84th share of Pepsi, I think. So we're getting close, getting close. And lastly, we'll talk about, I was buying heavy both Exxon and Chevron. This one's Chevron that Warren Buffett owns, ticker CVX. Dividend yield 4.17%, which is about 3% above the five-year average. So just a smidgen, just a skosh. 3.9% dividend increase in April of 21. So we should have a dividend increase coming up here in the next couple months. A PE of 12.0, which is below the five-year average. So looking at these, you want to see a dividend yield above the five-year average and a PE below the 12-year average. Probably should have said that before we started. And Chevron, Exxon, I was buying them. I was reading in... I was reading online that I think it's travelers said that they don't see any decrease in automobile travel. OPEC is going to keep that tight. They think that prices are going to remain high. So for the foreseeable future, I think the oil companies, and you know me, I like the big, fully integrated, fully vertically integrated companies like Chevron and Exxon, meaning that they are in the upstream, midstream, and downstream processes that they're involved in the exploration, the pulling it out of the ground, transporting it, and then they are involved in refining that into the final product. So that's what I mean when I say fully integrated or vertically integrated, where some companies like an EPD or an energy transfer, ticker ET, 
they are just midstream. So they're only involved mostly in the transportation segment or the transportation process of oil. So, and if something hits oil, that's why Exxon was able to weather the storm a little bit better and Chevron because people were still driving and buying that gas. I mean, gas is still going into diesel fuel and jets and we're paying at the pump. It's still going into plastics and everything that oil goes into, they were able to weather it better. And sometimes when you have really bad uh, downturns with oil, companies like Chevron and Exxon will be able to purchase some of these distressed assets and the blob gets bigger. I love it. I'm looking at getting bigger. Let me know what you think of this. Uh, I got a YouTube video will be coming out this weekend. I just did one on Unilever. I didn't talk about Unilever. Huge news that they were rejected in their bid for GlaxoSmithKline's consumer health segment. Made investors nervous because they were trying to pay $68 billion, which was a bit of an overpay. And it, <laughs> I think it was 40% of their market cap, which, dude, that's a lot. Banks are worried that they would have to take on debt. The dividend could have been in danger. So the market kind of freaked out. I bought a call option, which, you know, if you watch the, just go to the YouTube video. I'll put a link in the description below to that. If you want to check out what I just talked about on Unilever and why I bought more Unilever. I really hope you enjoyed this. Let me know again, just I'll respond to you at RustyRam78 on Twitter. <clears throat> I will chat a bit when I'm not terribly busy. Let me know what you think of my wife to stop by, give her thoughts on a few things. I like it kind of breaks it up, gives another voice. And yeah, I hope you have a fantastic week. Let's let me know what you've been buying. And I will talk to you in the very next episode. Be good out there, everyone. And say hi. I like it when you say hi. Thank you.